We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Next. Touchdown. It's time to recap our never too early FFPC Superflex draft where we drafted against 11 other teams from the road of his overtime community myself and sean it was a, a challenge as it always is but it was a lot of fun as we went in jumped in and took on i think sean the best best community in the business here as we tried to make those selections enjoy the draft i did and you mentioned the best community in the business obviously we are biased but we have a lot of fun with this group. We know a lot of these people are, are great people as well. And then many of these drafters have had teams finish very high up in the various tournaments over the last several years. So purely from a results perspective, this is a tough group. Colin, we had the 105. That That's a great position to be in. I think if you have a top three pick and get one of the three-star QBs, maybe that's what you prefer. But you can never complain about having a pick in the middle of the draft and then we had a hard choice between travis kelsey and christian mccaffrey but with what happened in rounds three through five our picks of kelsey and of lamb really then set the stage for a run of qb for a run of running backs that we perhaps didn't anticipate and colin you weren't completely comfortable with yeah i think that's fair to say uh and the listeners i'm sure enjoyed you know they like i, I know they like when it's the clock's ticking down and sean is you know filibustering as to who we'll select i know they enjoy that but i think they enjoy it as well when we're doing something a little bit different adding in those running backs but i think we balanced out the team quite well in the end but a lot of the questions and what i did was when we finished we have the chat box with the drafters and the, the listeners and i said you know hit us with what questions you want us to ask on the recap sean this is a team that had five quarterbacks when we finished it up we have 20 picks you can start two quarterbacks because it's super flex we have five quarterbacks in this team one of my favorite que- or comments that come in was that of course that sean and colin get a starting quarterback in round 20 that was baker mayfield but we already had four other quarterbacks at that point so i think sean there's two questions that kind of lead to that one of them though that i think is probably an interesting one to start off with because it isn't exactly what we did with our team but the question was any realistic quarterback that we we're thinking about taking in those opening five rounds 
So in that range, you know, that's really given us all the way down to Jared Goff at quarterback 18 at that particular point. Who was the most likely quarterback that we would have taken in that range? I think Joe Burrow, we did talk about him on the draft itself. He would be in that range where Travis Kelsey goes by ADP. I think then when it comes back in the second round, there wasn't a, a lot of real options there. I, I would have been interested in round four and Kyler Murray if he had admitted two more selections back to us. We did talk about Daniel Jones a little bit at that selection where we took Kenneth Walker to somebody also. But I think when Brees Hall was the option, I think that was the way to go. But two versus Brees Hall in round three was also a potential option. Any of those, Sean, that you felt like were very, very close to being a quarterback versus, I guess, in, in the situations we're talking about versus one of those running backs? Yeah, I, everywhere except for round two, we were close. The first round pick is tough because we love Joe Burrow and they could move a little bit more in the direction really of being a Kansas city style passing attack next season to where, you know, Jamar chase, if he's going to pay off at the ADP that people like him at, and that includes us, right. Then, you know, you got to throw a lot and T Higgins, another one of the Bengals receivers who's going very early. It could work out, but quite possibly the QBs, that we would have felt the most comfortable with would have been Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. They don't tend to go as early. They did go earlier than Burrow in this draft, which I think was correct. And so again, we see the listeners do some very smart things here. Jackson and Fields, probably guys that we'll take when we have a pick a little bit later than the fifth spot. So instead of reach for them here, we'll prioritize them in a different draft. You mentioned Tua in round three. That one was close because we don't know if Brees Hall is going to be healthy. I think the closest one, though, was in round four where we very heavily debated Daniel Jones versus Kenneth Walker. There were opportunities throughout the draft to get good running back value. If Daniel Jones goes off here in 2023 and has the receiving weapons that allow him to take the next step as a passer, I mean, you're probably going to regret this pick, right? But but we like to have Walker. And one of the things that we wanted to do was to make sure that we only selected a QB in the first five or six rounds if it was a no-brainer. If there was no question, there was still a question here. And so we go with Walker. Yeah, so we, we go that direction. Sean, the next question, I think this is always one that we like to do, is if you could make one, one versus one change to your build, what would that be? So going through the entire roster again we get travis kelsey cd lambrys hall kenneth walker Andre stevenson drake london kenny pickett dalton schultz quentin johnson and desmond ritter and maybe we'll do this yeah we'll do it for the full draft we'll do david montgomery sky Moore, jimmy garoppolo sean walker take on thornton Noah Fant, marvin mims malik willis kj hamler baker mayfield i think that when we look through this and do this process it's going to be to remove one of our earlier quarterback picks for to get a four quarterback build and to, to switch it out looking through some of the options sean it's probably the easiest way to say is to you know not take kenny pickett and take one of the wide receivers that goes after him because that is the best range of potential other players that was the seven seventh round that we take him at the 705 but right after that we get marquise brown terry mclaurin deontay johnson jsn george pickens Corden sutton Traylon burks then tyler lockett uh evan ingram was somebody sean mentioned in the draft then Jamison Williams and Rashad Bateman went off the board one pick before us in our next pick. So it was a heavy run of wide receivers there. 
but I also do really like Kenny Pickett for this season. And I think looking through the rest of our quarterbacks, although I do like the potential of the second year players in Ritter and Willis, there's still a lot of question marks. There's question marks around what happens with Garoppolo. Then there's also question marks around what happens with Baker Mayfield. So the easy answer is to remove Pickett, take one of those wide receivers. But is there a different answer that is is correct, Sean? Because I still really like having Pickett on this roster. Yeah, if we want to make a different selection. And the first thing to point out there is that we love that stretch of receivers between our picks of Kenny Pickett and Dalton Schultz. And so it's I was really so confident. Tough. I was so confident at least at least one of those 10 receivers are going to get back to us, Sean, over the next 12 picks, aren't they? No, they're not. Well, <laughs> but the thing that works is that Schultz was the other guy that we wanted there. So we still yeah. do get a pick that, that fits perfectly. Even after you have Travis Kelsey, you need to have more firepower at tight end in this format. I think that having Schultz as the tight end too probably even created a scenario where we didn't necessarily have to take Noah Fant in round 16. But again, he was a good selection. So there was no issue with that selection. You look at those receivers in that stretch and it's Marquise Brown, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. George Pickens, Cortland Sutton, Traylon Burks, Tyler Lockett, Jamison Williams, Gabe Davis, and Rashad Bateman. That is where you really want to load up in your drafts at this time of the year. This is the 7-8 group in this draft. According to ADP, these wide receivers are going in rounds 8 and 9, especially when they're a little bit less expensive than they are in an RVOT draft. Then, I mean, you have to have plenty of exposure there. So if you're looking at an area or a way in which we might have lost this league, it would be to not have exposure to this really undervalued group of receivers. And yet I still like what we did. The other thing that we could have done as opposed to taking Schultz would be to take both of the rookies. We could have taken really either one of them, but Johnston in round eight and then Addison in round nine, that would have accomplished some similar things. And then instead of David Montgomery in round 11, we could have taken Mike Gasicki there, which would have, address the tight end position with less confidence but maybe similar upside so those are some slight changes we could have made to uh, tweak what our final final roster was I, I really like the final roster so from that perspective i wouldn't necessarily make any changes i like the fact that we get to the end and we wouldn't necessarily make changes that means that we were prepared enough and that structurally we made selections that work well enough that we don't really have regrets the the pick that i would change is can he pick it but a lot of that is hindsight right you don't know when you make the selection in round seven that you're going to be able to get desmond ritter in 10 now i know that adp suggests that you're probably going to but in this draft to get him in 10 i, I really like that it doesn't mean it'll work out but i like that we were able to get him there when you're looking at the picks of garoppolo in 13 and mayfield in 20 I think that you're probably hoping, I mean, you would do this sort of in different leagues most of the time. You wouldn't take them both in this league, but probably you're looking to get one starter from those two players. And then Malik Willis is specifically in round 18, this lottery pick type of selection to where, I mean, he's again, probably going to be a zero. So even though we make the five selections, it's mostly looking at the value of the player there and looking at rounds 18 through 20 and adding two more guys that we really like because the QB position is important. And because those are the best players, you don't know that it's going to work out that way. So when we made the pick of Pickett in round seven, I think that was the right way to go. 
Yeah, when we look at it, and you know, you've touched on the players we've drafted, but when we take Jimmy Garoppolo, between that and our pick of Malik Willis, there is only two quarterbacks that go. Jimmy Garoppolo was our pick in the 13th round, so 13.05 at that particular point. Brock Purdy goes after that. Kyle Trask goes after that. There's no quarterbacks taken around 16 or 17. Then we take Malik Willis, and then there is three other quarterbacks taken as well as Baker Mayfield in those last two rounds. So from when we take Garoppolo, there are eight total quarterbacks taken. We take three off them in that total time. So you mentioned the hindsight element. It's very, very true. Those quarterbacks could you know, go to one different team and another different team, and all of a sudden it's a three-quarterback build where you're, you're looking at it and you don't think you have the depth. The other part you mentioned there is Malik Willis potentially being a zero and we kind of did this with the Baker Mayfield pick, but the players that go after Mayfielder, Rasheed Rice, Kyle Phillips, Corey Davis, Zonovan Knight, when you're looking in this range, you know, five QB build feels a little bit strange when you're drafting it, but when you're looking then, when you go back and look at your teams from last offseason that you drafted, there's quite a few players, rounds 14 through 20, that will you know, come up with a, a zero or not have a successful enough season to have actionable points put into your starting lineup so what is your thought sean on on adding in say the fifth quarterback there when you are happy with the rest of your structure at running back tight end and wide receiver and it feels a little bit like i was saying to you during the draft you don't we're not gaining the extra flex spot so it's not one extra position it's just that one of the flexes has changed to a super flex and if you're doing the slim format in the regular contest it is an 18 round draft it feels like you're kind of given two more free shots in this. And part of that is that you're trying to, you know, make sure that because you're picking so early that you have enough players for when the contest starts in case some people aren't drafted in good positions or some people get injured, for example, so they're still the starting lineup. But what are your thoughts on on adding in those, like, you know, the five quarterbacks? It, it, it looks pretty good on paper after the draft is all said and done. Yeah, I mean... Like you can because kind of get the, away with it with a 20-spot draft. If it's an 18-spot draft, I think it's a lot, lot tougher task. Yeah, it's going to be different in 18. One of the things that we have to consider here is what are the starting requirements and how do you fill those starting requirements? So the Superflex doesn't have to be a QB, but in many cases, we're going to want it to be a QB. And if that's the case, then it's a two QB, two running back, two wide receiver, and one tight end starting lineup with one other position. And... Yeah, there are going to be times when that position is a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end. We have a balanced build here, and so we actually hope that all three positions fill it. And so it's it's two point something, two point something, and one point something. And then you have the two QBs. Again, not every time, but since we spent the five picks, hopefully it is mostly a two QB build. And so when you look at how you've addressed the positions, it wouldn't be that weird to have a similar number of QBs to what you're having at running back and wide receiver. Now the exception and the reason it doesn't tend to work out this way is that there are a limit to the number of starting wide receivers in the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo is QB 32. If the draft is pretty efficient, then that's where it's done. And so you wouldn't get a fourth and a fifth QB simply because you're looking at zero points from those spots. Brock Purdy is QB 33 and that's probably the cutoff. But we do know that some of the other selections in this draft are contingency-based picks. And that we don't know what's going to happen with Anthony Richardson and if he's going to start right away. We don't know what's going to happen with Will Levis. 
We don't know what's going to happen with the guy we selected as our QB2 in Desmond Ritter. He might not be a starter. You don't know that both Garoppolo and Mayfield are going to start. But the thing that you described in terms of the number of QBs taken after we took Garoppolo and which ones they were, in in no way it means that we are correct about this compared to the field. But we probably wouldn't have selected Trask or Winston, Brissett or Huntley really the only guys we were looking at were Willis and Mayfield. And so if they fall and they're there and you think that probably that represents QB 34 and QB 35, or maybe even QB 30 and QB 31, because a couple of the players who went ahead of where we picked Garoppolo, they're probably not starters. It doesn't mean they couldn't be. It doesn't mean they weren't better picks than Garoppolo because I believe that they were the upside that they would give you the league winning and then tournament winning upside they would provide is greater so they were picks that made sense and yet when we're trying to figure out who's going to actually score points and how might we address these positions especially after we've waited at the position of qb i think that in this format at this time of the year a five qb build makes sense in a way that basically is never ever going to you want to be flexible enough mentally that if you end up in a spot where it does make some sense that you're willing to do it you don't just pass on Baker Mayfield for players who have just a very slim chance of being relevant simply because in other drafts, selecting a fifth QB would be absurd. Hey, what's up, listeners? It's Curtis Patrick from the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. And now that you've taken your fantasy game to the next level, it's time to take your sports viewing experience to the next level, too. Epson just hooked me up with this new. Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120-inch silver flex screen. It's an absolute game changer. With an epic 120-inch picture, it's twice the size of an 85-inch TV. With a 4K Pro UHD picture this big, I can evaluate plays and prospect game film like never before. Even my kids are as pumped for game day as I am. Go check it out by visiting epson.com slash rotoviz. And like Epson says, bring the sportsbook experience home. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events, 
The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Sean, we're going to finish up with some fun listener questions to, to wrap things up. Before we do that, is there anything as we went through the draft? Obviously, when we're on the clock, sometimes it's hard to dive into exactly what you want to say because we're also trying to get to the next pick and also make it try and run smoothly. I know people listening might say, Colm, sometimes when you're trying to make it run smoothly, it's obvious that <laughs> there's things going wrong. But uh, we, I think we did a pretty good job of keeping this one on track, Sean. But... Is there anything that we didn't get to touch on in terms of strategy or construction that you think would benefit the the listeners? Well, the Superflex tournament is so much fun because the trade-offs are so substantial. They're obvious, but they're so compelling from a strategic perspective when you're looking at a big picture and then from a tactical perspective when you're trying to make your selections in the draft you have different choices that you can make here and the simplest one is whether or not you're going to address QB and tight end and make sure you have that foundation because they're so important in this format and then just simply load up on running back and wide receiver the rest of the way or if you're going to make the decision to fade one or perhaps even both of the QB tight end positions and have the star power at running back at wide receiver. And then what does that mean when you're chasing later? The thing that is really important to me as I make selections in these drafts is to have as few picks that feel like pure flyers and pure waste picks as possible, because you essentially are giving up a draft spot. If you put yourself in the position where you just got locked out at a specific position and then you've got to take someone who would otherwise just never be in consideration for you in a draft i don't want to be in that position the best way to make sure you're not is to get good tight ends because the tight end value the likelihood of a tight end hitting and contributing to your team once you get outside of round 12 or arguably round 14 it's pretty minimal it's not that there are zero hits but you can waste a lot of your draft slots, a lot of your roster spots by trying to catch up at tight end late. It's one of the reasons why we selected Kelsey. But I think that the the mix of positions in the first eight rounds is really interesting here. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the earlier shows, I do recommend them. We touched on the different approaches that different drafters had, what the strengths were, what the weaknesses were, what the trade-offs were. It was a really cool draft from that perspective because we did see a wide variety of strategies and that's the great thing about it. You know that when you're in an RVOT listener league that people are going to be coming to the draft maybe with slightly more similar perspectives than in a normal draft, but that doesn't mean that everybody does the same thing. That doesn't mean everyone takes the same strategy and it doesn't mean that everybody's team looks similar at the end. It's not really possible in a super flex draft, but also it's not desirable from the perspective of, you know, we don't want it to be an echo chamber. We don't want it to be a situation where people are 
throwing away their creativity or their flexibility of anything we want to be pushing in the other direction. I think this draft was a great example of the wide range of ways that you can approach FFPC Superflex and the wide variety of teams that can be potential tournament winners. The other thing, Sean, that you know, when you're talking about construction, there is a lot of different ways to do it. One of the things, though, I was trying to think as we were going through there is I don't know if we've ever done a draft together where we've had you know gone qb qb through those opening two rounds and i do think a lot of people when they get into a super flex contest that is one of the things that they're really trying to do again a little bit like when we're doing you know a zero rb draft people want to get the running backs a lot of times in drafts to feel that little bit more comfortable as they move through their draft and most of our drafts if we've gone quarterback in the first round it's been very rare that we've gone quarterback in that second round i know when i do solo drafts in the Superflex contest last year for example justin fields was a prime target of mine in drafts at times and that meant that i was going first round third round with a player in between but back-to-back quarterbacks was something that i didn't do a huge amount i remember talking on the show last year about some of the drafts where if i went quarterback quarterback or quarterback and then a skill position player and then quarterback again just doing drafts with only two quarterbacks but as quarterback two quarterbacks in the first three rounds something that you would do rarely or is it something that you do sometimes it's it's something that we haven't really done ever i don't think on a a co-managed team it's going to depend a lot on the specific player values that you get i think that Tua in round three is a really good selection and so he's kind of the guy that i would be prioritizing in 2023 at least at this point until we see how some of the adps continue to evolve the other player daniel jones so you select a player in round one we had seven qbs go in the first round here but after having seven qbs in round one there were only three teams that ended up with even two quarterbacks in the first three rounds so that wasn't super popular in this specific draft you do have an additional four teams that have two qbs after four so that's i think the qb window at least in the early going here. And that would kind of close with Daniel Jones at QB 16 in round five. You have Geno Smith and Jared Goff. You have Matthew Stafford at the end of it. That's 17, 18 and 19. I like those three guys and I think that they make sense. So I'm not panning those picks. And yet at the same time for me, I just like to be riskier. I don't necessarily want the players who are going to be pass oriented. We're hoping to get a guy in in Pickett who is pass oriented a few rounds later. We're also hoping that maybe he adds a little bit more value with his legs. If you're looking at pass QBs, then my preference is to take a little bit more of a discount and give away a little bit more ceiling. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield don't directly compare to Smith and Goff and Stafford. And yet, if you have a lot of QBs on your roster, you're hoping to hit on individual games where those guys would come out and be the players who fit into your lineup for that specific week. So we don't necessarily know where they are going to go. We also don't know where some of the wide receivers on our team are going to be. We don't know if we're going to end up with some QB quarterback pairings or not outside of the London Ritter pairing there. The best case for us would be that those two players hit in week 17. That's the tournament winning outcome for us. But no, I I think that QBQB is going to be hard to do in 2023. 
But by the same token, to have two after four, you have some more flexibility. We're going to have some of the listener questions that I mentioned, Sean, now that I think it's a fun way to finish the show. And it's going to be pretty rapid fire. These, I don't think we're going to dive into big analysis here as we go through them. But the first question comes in from John. That's, who's the better 20th round pick, Adam Thielen or Alan Robinson? You can also say neither if you wish. Well, I think Adam Thielen is going to be in the NFL this next year. So that would be that would be the early edge. Is he going to be, you know, sideline reporting or what's he going to do? What's he going to be doing in the NFL? Well, he's probably going to ask KJ Osborne to stop upstaging him so much so that he does at least factor in in the red zone again next season. Then the other question is, where is Lamar Jackson going this offseason and why is it the Falcons? Which would not be good for us because of our Desmond Ritter pick, but... Where's your prediction? I, I think he's back with the Falcons or with the Ravens. I think they have to get this done. <laughs> Just pay him whatever he wants. It, it, like, can't let Jackson leave time. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, the fun teams for him to end up with be like the Carolina Panthers or the New York Jets. I mean, it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. But as I believe we discussed on a recent show, the franchise tag that at this point, again, we recorded this show a little while back, but at this point, it looks like it'll be the non-exclusive franchise tag that gives them some flexibility. He could escape. I, I think that would be fun too. Yeah, it would certainly be fun, like for news reporting and for you know fantasy football, kind of looking ahead to what could happen. But yeah, I just think the team has. <laughs> it'll be an indictment on the the Ravens organization. I think um, the other one is what about Carson Wentz uh, in terms of this draft? He he goes undrafted, Sean. Carson Wentz, uh, any any redeeming features here? Any redeeming qualities to to see him back as a starter? I mean, the reason that you would have Carson Wentz on your roster is that you want to have the first pick in next year's draft. So, from that perspective, <laughs> and that, he brings and that some doesn't value. work for this. That doesn't work for this contest. No, you can't guarantee next year's. If you if you are playing in this contest, try not to tank to get a, a higher draft pick next year. It doesn't work like that. The next one, Sean, Derek Carr. I think you possibly have inside information on this, um, but Derek Carr, where is he going and why did we not let her, John, John stack him with Elijah Moore? Well, Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback of, of the Jets, right? That's how we get the most dynasty value out of him. Throwing to Garrett Wilson, throwing to Elijah Moore. No, I mean, it, it seems like the risk would be that he'd be the next quarterback of the Panthers. Your favorite multi-year MVP, Aaron Rodgers, is going to be the next quarterback of the Jets, wouldn't you say? That's what I was going to say. If you said he was going to be at the Jets, I was going to ask you where was Aaron Rodgers going to end up. But what it does get you in the mindset of is that it is going to be a, a lot of fun over the next kind of two to three months with this quarter. Last year, we had this kind of crazy quarterback carousel where you know, lots of quarterbacks change rosters, change teams. Feels like we could be in a similar situation this year, but I think I think what happens most likely is quite a few of them stay in place. Obviously, Derek Carr is not going to stay in place. He's going to to switch teams. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Packers. Um, I'm still not convinced that Rodgers isn't the the starter come week one of the season, but we will see. The other team potentially looking for that quarterback is the New Orleans Saints, where. There had been reports of potentially Derek Carr going, but yeah, I'm excited to see who ends up with 
both you mentioned the Panthers and the Jets because I just want DJ Moore to actually have a quarterback who can complete passes and I'm also excited about all the the passing options in New York but Sean that is going to wrap up our recap show of the draft it was a lot of fun doing the draft we will be having some more listener drafts over the course of the offseason if you are interested in drafting against myself and Sean send me an email at overtimeireland at gmail.com or hit me up on twitter at overtimeireland but Sean that is it for the first one of the year hopefully everyone is enjoying listening to these shows we'll be back with more content coming your way make sure you are subscribed to the road of his overtime podcast feed drop us a written and review on your favorite podcast app we would really appreciate it if you're signing up at rotoviz.com, you can get a 10% discount off a one-year subscription with the code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. And of course, you can check out all of Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. But that also gets you access to all the articles, all the tools on the website that will help you with draft season coming up. You know, We are in. We are excited. Get in, get involved, and get all the tools on rotoviz.com. Once again, that code is RVRADIO2023. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over Tomorrow. And my co-host is Sean Siegel. Until we are back again, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.